0: Hey, this is Pastor Rob Miller from Reclamation Church. Just want to say thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray that this message is completely life-giving and life-changing and that you take the blessing of the Word of God with you everywhere you go this week and pour into somebody else around you. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message.
1: And did anybody come to church ready for God to speak? Stand on your feet, if you will. Stand on your feet with me. I am so big on making sure that the king that put the breath in our bodies gets absolute all honor, all glory, all power. I thought this was a Pentecostal church. Are you you dead or are you alive? Is he good or he isn't? Either either he's awesome or he's not. Either he woke you up this morning, started you on your way. Amen. Yeah. Listen, let's just do this. Let's just stretch our hands to an alive God. Let's stretch our hands to an alive God. Say, Holy Spirit, I give you absolute permission as the governor of heaven to move in the earth. In this room, we are here because the Father gathered us here to speak his word through me and i said through me because when god wants to do something in a room it's not just from one person he speaks it through sons and daughters all of you all of you are bringing heaven into this room right now you should feel the shift in this room because when you establish the kingdom of heaven in a place angels begin to take their authority in a room they begin to move here i have one of my angels he stands here one of my angels stands there and you can't see them in the natural, but in the spirit, they're bigger than this building. And I have a message. There is, and the Lord confirmed it uh, in, in worship through a- is Adrian. Is it Adrian? Yeah, through Adrian. And then he confirmed it again um, through pastor. And so um, I, this, and it, I got this word actually before you messaged me. Before he messaged me, and I didn't know why he was stirring such a message in my heart. And So uh, today is not just a word that uh, we just conjured up to make you feel good. This is a word that God wants you to respond to that's going to be something that will shift the paradigm of your life. I say that with all humility, but I say that with all boldness because I didn't give myself the word. God gave me the word. So look at your neighbor if you're confident. I know we're in a little bit of a a weird time with... um, COVID 19 and all of that, so maybe you got your boo beside you and you can say it. Just say, neighbor, God has a word, not just for me, but for you too. Let's shake up Fayetteville, let's shake up Spring Lake uh, with the declaration uh, that's just in my spirit. Uh, Let's just say this, say Spring Lake. There is no room for racism here in this region god owns this land city respond to the kingdom of heaven respond to the sons and daughters that are being revealed right now as i speak i stand in my authority that god's given me to pull down every stronghold that would try to be established through racism. Jesus, we lift up your name as a better name over Spring Lake, over Fedville. There's no room for anything else other than the kingdom of God. If you believe that, clap those hands like you love Jesus. Come on, come on, 10 seconds lift up jesus lift up jesus honor who he is come on before you take your seat slap your neighbor a high five i don't know if there's any way we can get my guy a stool or a seat or something but i feel like preaching so he's gonna be uh he's gonna be backing me up on the keyboard y'all can have a seat That's AJ. AJ is one of my spiritual sons, and I love him. As has an anointing, and uh, because this is a Pentecostal church, yes. he's going to back me up. Oh, so don't be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, why is he playing during the masses time?
0: <laughs>
1: All right, are you ready? Let me set this word up before I do all that I just want to say first off I honor you Pastor Rob and I honor you Adrian thank you for your life thank you for sincerely laying down your life so that we could have a place where we could bring the church together uh, to worship freely come on give it up for your pastor stand on your feet come on stand on your feet honor honor I believe in honor let's honor them we thank God for you we thank God for your ministry Reclamation Church, I honor you guys. Y'all look beautiful today. Uh, Speaking of honor, I honor my queen, Ashley, if you're watching. Babe, how you doing? She's the barbecue rib of me. She's the sauce over my enchilada. Mm. She's my seasoning to all good food. I love my wife. and She's my queen. And I love our kids. We got five kids, y'all. I got snipped this week. Yeah. Okay, we got kids in here. I'm so sorry. All right. I gotta watch what I say. Anyway, are you ready for the word? Seriously, I gotta watch what I say. My people, yeah, anyway. Let me, let me set this up. Go with me to Luke chapter 11. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm a man of the word of God. So you're gonna get a lot of word, okay? Stay with me, AJ. We're going to set this whole thing up. Have you ever looked at somebody's life and looked at what they do and wondered, how do they do what they do? I know this is Father's Day, but let me just brag on moms. Have you ever looked at a mom and you wondered, like, how in the world does the mom work? Take care of kids? Clean the kitchen, clean the dishes, clean the, uh, clean the uh, uh, laundry, straighten up, uh, pray with the kids before you go to bed. Wake up in the morning and the house is already refreshed, ready to go, go to work and do it all over again. Right? That was a good place to honor the moms. <laughs> I look at my wife and I'm like, I am absolutely amazed that you can be as invested into church planning and still be an amazing mom of five and an exceptional, amazing woman um, uh, as a wife. Because I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get the church planning thing done, you know? And so have you ever looked at anybody that had a gift and you wondered, what is that thing about them that makes them have that it factor. I call it the secret sauce. Somebody say secret sauce. We're going to look at verse, uh, Luke 11, verse 1, and this is this is a repeated life of, of uh, or an accounted of life of Luke looking at Jesus, and um, I want to point out one thing specifically, which is the life of prayer that Jesus lived. I believe that the secret sauce of Jesus' life was not the signs, wonders, and miracles that he performed, but was the prayer that you couldn't see. And the prayer you couldn't hear, yeah? Do you see how you see how like the volume went down when I start talking about praying? If I start talking about and God's gonna bless you, everybody ah, everybody be like yes. But we start talking about prayers, like yeah. Uh-huh. But I believe that by the end of this service, there is something that's going to be excited in your spirit, and something on the inside of you is gonna say, "I've gotta pray more than I've ever prayed before." You know, something happens when you pray. Yeah, you are the result of your mother, your grandmother's prayer, your grandfather, your great grandfather's prayer. Yeah, look at it. Luke 11, chapter one. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Somebody say certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught us, taught his disciples. Guys in the back, go with me to uh, chapter 321. I'm going to go through a few scriptures. I'm going to preach this message. When all of the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was what? Praying, heaven was open. Heaven opens when you pray. If you need God to do something on your side, if you need all of heaven to back a moment that you're trying to get released into the earthly realm, pray. Pray. If your kids have never seen you pray, you are hiding the biggest weapon that they'll ever have in their entire life. Prayer. I'm telling you. Verse 12 of chapter 6, it says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to who? God. God. Chapter nine, verse 18, it says, once when Jesus was praying in a private and private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say? Who? What? What? What they saying about me? What they, are what they saying about me, AJ? A few more verses. Chapter nine, verse 28. They should have it on the screens. About eight days after Jesus said said this, he took Peter, John and James, went with them and went up to the mountain to do what? pray. Now that was Luke's account of Jesus's prayer life. Now let's look at the words of Jesus on prayer life. At that time, this is chapter 10 verse 21, at that time Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you Father, Lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except who? The Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal. And bring us right back to uh, Luke chapter 11. Let me read it again. Lord, It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he's like, he's like, listen, we see and we saw that John taught his disciples how to pray. Thank you, AJ. He taught his disciples how to pray. And we see that you pray and we notice that every time you come out of that prayer place, something happens. We notice that every time you come out of that place, somebody's eyes gets opened. Every time you come out of that prayer place, somebody gets healed, somebody gets delivered, somebody's marriage is restored, somebody gets their life completely changed. And so we want to know. We want to know. Teach us how to pray. And look at Jesus' response. Look at this. Verse 2. He says to them, when you pray, say what? Our Father In heaven, stop right there. Notice that the first thing Jesus points out when he tells them how to pray is not how to pray, but who to pray to. Right? Why? Because... The father implies that this is a intimate love relationship with somebody you're about to meet. And and it's like, I want you to learn how to pray, but more so learning how to pray. Know who you're praying to, because prayer, a prayer language of a casual Christian can always be carried out to a prayer to a God. But when you pray as a son and daughter, you pray to a father. Let me say it this way. Anybody can pray to God, A.J., but only sons and daughters can pray to a father. Right, right. Tweet that. I like that. Let me say it again. I like that too. Anybody can pray to God. It's just like anybody can praise. I praise you, God. And it's ain't too I know that song. I just that song. To give you the glory. I love that song. Okay. Let me, let me think of it was on you now. Uh. <laughs> I ran out of that grave out of the darkness anybody can praise right but worship requires intimacy with the one you find worthy because he can receive praise but worship he has to receive from somebody that understands it in spirit and truth he didn't say praise in spirit and truth, worship in spirit and in truth. And so he's getting them to understand that this person that I pray to and the person that you're getting ready to establish a relationship with cannot just be known as a God, but he has to be recognized and seen and received as a father. Ask your neighbor and say, Is he your father this morning? And so he deals with this, AJ. He's like, Before. I get you anywhere else and teach you anything else. I want to deal with the fatherlessness in you. And how does he do it? He does it by restoring them back to their daddy. Not just any daddy, not just any father, but tell your neighbors that he's a heavenly father. Why? Because when we have unsettled daddy issues, then we'll bring those unsettled daddy earthly issues into our heavenly father relationship and treat our heavenly father like we treat our earthly Earthly father. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. And already it's like you don't know how to be a sincere son and daughter because you're so worried about how you how your your, your your earthly father may have treated you or you can't have and receive who the father in heaven really is because you don't see yourself the way you should see yourself because you're not recognizing who he is. As a heavenly father. And so he says, I want to deal with the fatherlessness in you before I use you to shape nations. Before I use you to bring anybody into the kingdom. Before I use you to make anybody else a son and a daughter of this kingdom. You first got to deal with the bastard in you. Wow. Right Was that too deep? No. Can I keep going? Yeah. He said I can preach, so... Um, You want to send your emails to anybody, please send them to rob at reclamation, whatever, RC online. What is it, RC online? Don't send them to me. It's difficult to see the father when you don't see yourself correctly. And it's difficult to see yourself correctly when you don't know who the father is. And so he's saying, I want to deal with who he is to you so that when you pray, you'll understand who you pray, who you're praying to and what God does when you start to pray. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going. And Jesus looks at their life and he says, listen, I know that I asked you to follow me, but I'm asking you to follow me because I want to introduce you to the one who I was actually sent here for. Like I'm just the door. Can we can we just say this as a church? Stop camping out at the cross. Man, I feel them darts. (laughs) Jesus did not come claiming himself, but he claimed a business and a kingdom that he was there to represent, which means Jesus is just the door. And that there is an entire kingdom that you, kingdom is not a religion. Kingdom is an inheritance. Yes. Kingdom is who you and I, that's why I get to look you in your face and say, you're not racist if you are a Christian. It's impossible. You've been regeneed. You've been regenerated into a new Family, a new level of people. And so anybody that claims to be a Christian and thinks that they are subordinate to another human being are worshiping demons. That went in my notes, but I feel like, I feel like somebody need to hear that. That ain't for black and white. That's for Christians who claim to be a part of a kingdom. Yeah? Can I keep going? All right, let's keep going. Jeez. <laughs> That was not in my nose. That was the Holy Spirit, seriously. He wants to take them back to their father because this. I believe this. I honestly believe this. I believe behind any good man, you'll find a good woman, right? But behind any good father, you'll find a good, good father. Did you catch it? Yeah? And you don't just stop there. Let's look at verse 2. Come on, let's keep going. He, he acknowledges who they need to be praying to. And then he takes a step further and he says this in verse two, it says, hollow be what? He said, put some respect, not respect, respect on his name. Tell your name, and say, put some respect on it. That word "hollow," you know what it means. It's holy. It means set apart. It, 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 it's, it's kadesh, It means that He is the difference. It's like this: you have never talked to anyone like the person you're about to talk to. So when you talk to the Father, understand that everything that you're, everything that you bring to Him, has to be brought in a manner of honor, in a manner of courage, in a manner of boldness. When you talk to the Father, don't talk to the Father as a slave, because you're you're not a slave. You're a son. When you talk to the father, don't talk to the father like you're a slave. Talk to him like you're a secure daughter. Amen. Right? Amen. And so he's saying, hey, when you come in, when you pray, when you talk to him, put some respect on his name. Know who you're talking to. Understand you've never talked to somebody like the father, like Yahweh. And on top of that, when you pray, leave your problems outside the prayer closet Amen. and bring in your praise. Because he's not a God that answers to problems. He's a God that responds to praise. Leave the worry on the outside and bring in worship. Bring in the word. God doesn't respond to worry. He responds to his own word. If you want to move heaven and earth, open up the word of God. Open it up. This is how you move heaven and earth. By declaring who he is i've been in my prayer closet and sometimes i'll walk in there see let me, let me just go this because some of you i can feel this in the room some of you have never taken a step further in your prayer life because your past always reminds you of who you are and so the only place you get in your prayer pl- closet is god forgive me and that is sad because jesus didn't come for you to be praying just god forgive me But God came so that you could partner with all of heaven, partner with your father and declare things in heaven and earth so that you can see the value of your own life through the blood of Jesus that was shed for your life. Right. And so when you pray, move past your flesh so that you can start experiencing the partnership with you and your father. He's waiting for you to talk. That's why the earth it waits and moans and groans, hurricanes, tornadoes, all this stuff is just signs waiting for you to just start speaking to it, talking to it. My daughter, I love my daughter because uh, a, few, a few months ago, Dave is here, Dave does this too, and he does it to my daughter. Um, my daughter started uh, 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 singing to birds and like whistling to birds because I, I can't whistle, but I talk to birds. I believe when he told me to be a ruler over the earth... I absolutely, I absolutely believe that the dogs, the bees, the birds, everything else are waiting for me to talk to them or give them instructions. So my daughter one day was outside and she was like, uh, uh, did he look, look at the birds chirping. I was like, I was like, talk to it. It's like, whistle, whistle back at it. Cause I can't whistle. <laughs> Sorry y'all. I don't even know a lot of people, a lot of black people that can't whistle. Like we just can't whistle. Anyway, <laughs> you can laugh at that. Uh, and so she starts whistling and the bird starts whistling back in the key. She was whistling. I said, baby, listen, listen, listen to us So listen to the key that the bird was in. Listen to the key that the bird is in now. Keep whistling. Keep talking to him. And so now every time she goes outside, she's whistling. What is she doing? She's practicing a level of intimacy and she's learning how to rule and reign the earth. And she doesn't even know it yet. I'm not teaching her how to be religious. I want to teach her how to be a citizen of the kingdom. Look at your name and say, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, when you pray, leave worry out and keep your worship and keep the word of God into your prayer closet. I know I'm not talking about prayer, and I know that can be boring, but I'm telling you the thing that is absolutely missing from the church today is not another word. It's prayer. There's power in learning how to reframe. Everybody do this. Can you do that? Just take an L. Everybody's taking an L. But just take that. There's power in learning. My assistant was like, ah. Uh, what? I just called her out. <laughs> and learning how to reframe your mind and thoughts when you talk to God. There's power in learning how to reframe your mind and your thoughts when you talk to your father. Why? Because you have to learn how to speak to him as if he is the difference. Because you know that God is the difference between anything and anybody else. Buddha can't touch him. Muhammad can't touch him. No other god can touch Yahweh. Right? Yeah, that's a good place to clap. Pastor Rob, I love Fixer Up. Anybody love Fixer Up or a uh, 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 show? Listen, if I don't get at least ten, amens on that question, bro, I'm out. We're gonna take that name off of this church, cause there's absolutely no way y'all can be reclaiming anything and you not watch fi- So let's read, let's try that again. Anybody like fix the rapper? Yeah. Okay. Whoo!
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: That's my stretch right there. Okay, I got I got uh I got um skinny jeans on, so I can't stretch too far. I'm messing. My wife and I, we love Fixer Upper, and the reason we love Fixer Upper is because Fixer Upper has the ability to reframe the stuff that you and I couldn't see maybe seven years ago. Right. They can go in any neighborhood, take the best neighborhood, but the worst house and make the worst house look like the dream house and the house that you will turn your head. Right. I like to look at God the same way. God will take your situation, take who you used to be and make you a dream house. And people will have to take a second look at who you used to be and who you are now and say, I can't believe what God did, because God is a master of reframing your life. Right. And I, I call that the ability to refrain because we often struggle seeing the value in people's lives, in our relationships, with our boo, with our coworker, with our marriages and our spouses. I'm going to look this way because I feel some darts coming, you know, on Father's Day, because we've lost the ability to refrain who they are. I want to help you out today with the ability to reframe. Stay with me. My question to you is this. How would you feel if you went into your prayer closet or every time you pray or talk to God, God reminded you of who you were and not who you are? Right. What 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 if that was his response? And the reason God can't do that is because he's such a God who's learned to reframe even his own world. Right. Remember? He destroyed the earth and then he promised to never destroy the earth again. That was him reframing how he handles situations. Yeah, by putting a promise and a vow in between himself and his people. So if God himself can put a vow to reframe from that, fo- that moment forward to reframe how he views the people that he created, then you and I have to have the ability to reframe how we see people and how we see ourselves. Yeah, just keep going. The reason God can do that is because this, he's got the receipt to your life, which is the title of my message. It's where's your receipt? How many of y'all keep receipts? How many of y'all throw away receipts? I throw throw away receipts as soon as I get them. I can't stand receipts. Like I love when the receipt comes to my phone, right? Just, Just text it or email it to my phone. I don't need it. And then you do need it. You almost always need the receipt. You spend more time looking for the receipt than you did in the store looking for what you was looking for. Because receipts represent the final transaction of a purchase that was made. It's the proof that you belong to something or something belongs to you. Right. And I know I get it. Let me just say this for all the moms and all the wives that got upset with their husbands because you sent your husband to the store at the beginning of the COVID-19 situation and he went to the store and he bought all of Walmart. He bought all of the tissue, which I'm still upset with you about that. He went and bought all the beans and Winnies, all the corn, all everything, and now you got Walmart in your pantry. I get it. Dang. Just just called a brother out. And I get it, you may not be able to unsee your husband as an overspender, but why not see him as a provider? Amen. Right? Like your coworker that got that weave in her head. You know the one I'm talking about. In the back, she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, that one, you know what I'm talking about. The one that get on your last nerves that you call the devil. I'm in your kitchen. I'm about to come for your for your refrigerator to get that creamer for my coffee in just a second. I'm in your kitchen right now. But instead of calling her the devil, why not look at her as a daughter who is yet to receive her adopted papers? Because when I start reframing everybody in my life that I hate and start looking at them through the perspective and the eyes and the lens of God, then I'll look at them as people who are who are waiting to receive adoption papers. In the old time, we used to call that like sanctification. You are still being sanctified, right? None of us have arrived, so why can't we look at people who have not stepped into the kingdom as people also who are people yet to be adopted by a kingdom, uh, by, by, uh, by kingdom citizens, right? We've got to look at, we got to reframe our mind and how we view people. I've never met a person, AJ, that God did not love. And I've never met somebody that he didn't send Jesus for. Write that down, because that will change your perspective next time you want to get on the road and have road rage and cuss out. Mm. I almost did that yesterday, speaking of. Y'all forgive past. Yeah, just forgive me, y'all. I'm going to come to the altar myself, because I'm still struggling in that area. Um, Let me just keep moving. I'll confess my sins to you later on. But I've never met a person that God didn't love and I didn't meet a person that Jesus didn't die for. We're so used to throwing people away that we don't want to reframe anything. Why? Because it takes time and work. If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the lady said, amen. I'm so sorry. On Father's Day. Right? Right? How about the Samaritan woman who was a prostitute, right? I know she was thirsty, and I know she had multiple people in her life, multiple husbands. And Jesus looked at her like, "Yo, and, and this like, man, the one you're with ain't even yours. We would have threw her away. Let's just be honest. But Jesus loved her so much." That her response to being completely exposed made her feel loved. Not like she was thrown away. And I think it's like this. I think she was out there doing what she was doing because she was with all the whole bunch of sugar daddies looking for her real daddy. I'm going to say this online because I, I, I ain't talking about nobody here. Some of you out there with some sugar daddies you need, and you're really looking for your real daddy. Because everybody everybody in this room perfect. I ain't talking about nobody in this room. Well, what about the prodigal son? When he finally decided to come home, his brother hated on him so much because he couldn't recognize that he was a citizen and he was a son and he was a love and that he was valued by his own father. And so when his when his brother came home, he he wanted to throw him away. But God shows us that in that specific story that there is no good father that throws away any good son, even when the son is not acting like a son. Anybody has anybody in this room ever ever not act like a real son and daughter? Don't raise your hands. Let me go a little bit further in here. Since we all, all, since we in the kitchen anyway, Corey. What about the woman caught in adultery? The religious folks were like, yo, uh, Jesus, Jesus, uh, come here, Jesus. Listen, teacher, rabbi, we know you know all of the law. Listen, we caught this woman committing adultery. And, uh, bro, you got stoner. You want the first one? How do you want to do this? You want a stoner? You want us to stoner? And what did Jesus say? <laughs> Let he who has not sinned cast a who? First stone. And then the stones started up. But, but, but watch this. The Bible says specifically that one by one they started leaving From the oldest to the youngest, the older you get, the stucker you get, the more privileged you get, the more you think you're the favorite and you think you know it all. That's why it's so important to stay in a place of prayer and stay tender and let the word of God continue to wash your soul and your spirit. So that when something happens, because it's not if it's when it happens, you can respond like Jesus and not respond like you. I'm preaching. I know. But he looks at it and looks at the woman and he says, hey, where are your accusers? And she's like, they gone. Well, neither do I, neither do I uh, 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 accuse you. But listen, don't go sin anymore. What if we responded to people like that? What if we saw the value in a person to not be the sin that they committed, but the people, but the father that they belong to? I'm trying to change some minds in this morning. This morning. Jesus knew how to refrain, Aj. A person's temporary sin and a a person's temporary issue from a heavenly perspective. The Bible says that you and I are seated in heavenly places, which means if we're going to look and do our job on the earth, we've got to start judging people from an earthly perspective, not a heavenly perspective, not an earthly perspective. Stay with me. I'm almost finished. No one has the final say so over your life except the one who has the receipt for your life. I like to look at this Bible as a receipt. This lets me know that there is a final transaction that has happened concerning my life. Right? Let me just be frank. If you've got a daughter that is lost and out there doing her own thing, out there doing her whatever she's doing, let me tell you. Stop declaring what she's doing and start looking at the receipt that Jesus paid for concerning her life and declare that she will return back home. Let's just let, let me just go a little bit further. Stop looking at your husband who may be addicted to that thing. I know I'm in your kitchen right now. And stop looking at him saying he's he'll never be this, he'll never be that, he'll never do this, he'll never do that. Open up the receipts and say you will be the head and not the tail you will be the priest of this home you are above and not beneath you will sit in heavenly places you will be the priest you will be who all God's called you to be you will not be laid up in an addiction for our kids 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 to struggle with but I call you out of it I bring you into freedom I let the I let all of the the forces of darkness know that I will stand in a place of intercession while you walk through a temporary moment because that is not the Bible the receipt I got over your life is not who you're living. Where's your receipt at? Have you lost your receipts lately? Have you lost your receipts to your own life? Have you forgot who you are to God? Go find the receipts because you don't even get to throw away your own life because you didn't purchase it. Yeah. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. How much time I got? Y'all don't tell a black man that. Y'all nice. Don't do that. She said we got donuts. All right. Give me 10 minutes. Go to John 11. John 11, chapter one. I love this story. You know this well. This is the story of Lazarus. And the story of Martha and the story of Mary. And this is the same Mary and the same Martha that Jesus had visited a few moments before this. And Mary decided that she was going to lay at the feet of Jesus while Martha decided to cling. Remember that story? Let's read. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent it to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to what? Death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Notice he was trying to reframe her mindset, and she misses it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed too Days longer in the place where he was. I'm sorry. First off, Jesus, you missed it. I said that my brother has died and you need to be on your way. Anybody else feel like Jesus has the worst GPS when you've got a situation? (laughs) Jump down to verse 20. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But watch this underline. But Mary remained seated in the house. Notice a posture. Remember, I told you a chapter two before this, that Jesus visited them. And while Mary was busy working for Jesus, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, worshiping and praying. Twenty one. Martha, said, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her. Your brother will rise again. Listen to this. Martha said to him, I know, I get it. He'll rise up again on the last day. You're going to rise him up and we're going to be, be together. All of that stuff. And this is what Jesus says. He says to her on 25, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he what? Live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall not die. Do you believe this? See, we don't have, when you don't have an intimate relationship with God, When, when the, the same relationship that Mary had is the same relationship that Martha had, we assume. But when you don't have an intimate relationship with the Father, you'll always believe that God has a receipt for your future, but not, to cha- not, a, not a receipt for your now. Let me say it again. You'll believe that he always has a receipt for your future, because you know the end, you know Revelation, but you don't believe that he has a receipt for your now. Verse 28, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here, the teacher is here, and he is calling for You can you have such a life and a relationship with Jesus that when you are in a situation and Jesus is on his way to see about your situation, that instead of you changing your position, you stay where you are. Because, see, let's watch this. She stayed where she was because that's the last place she encountered him. She knew the most powerful place I can be is in a posture of prayer. While everybody else is going crazy, everybody else is running to Jesus. I can get Jesus' attention on my knees. All right. yeah. all right. That's the ability that you have with the Father. You ain't gotta run and, and go all over the place looking for Jesus. Jesus is in your relationship with your father. And he's waiting to respond to you. I'm, I, I want, I'm, trying, I'm trying to tweak this thing. Stay with me. Ah, I got so much. And when she heard it, Verse 29, she rose up quickly and went to him. Jump down to verse uh, 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was, was and she saw him, she fell where? Where did she fall? Isn't that the same place she was before? Saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. Listen, in other words, Jesus literally stops and he says, listen, Martha said the exact same thing that Mary said. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She literally said the same thing, but got two different results. Why? Why? Because Martha was so busy that Jesus had to teach her that the resurrection and life is right in front of her and she can't see it. But Martha knew I, my, my whole life has already been rocked. All I've got to do is stay in my position. I have an intimate relationship with them. And this time when I go to him, I won't ask him to do anything. I'll just confess my heart because I have an intimate relationship with my father and he'll respond any way he wants to. Same question, same complaint, same issue, same hurt, two different responses. Because God will always respond to sons and daughters. Not people who claim to know God but never talk to God. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I want you to start reframing. Just play for a little bit for me, AJ. I'm going to wrap up. I want us to learn how to reframe who we see. Reframe the Father on Father's Day. Start with your Heavenly Father. Gain the best perspective about Him from the Word of God. And then work that thing down. If you've got any issue with anybody in your family, reframe that issue and reframe those people. Because the only way you get to see them is the way that Jesus sees them. You don't have permission to judge anybody any other way than the way the Bible says to judge them. Learn to reframe the value of a person. Because if I start looking at Rob, the person he was 35 years ago, which I don't know. y'all don't know your past. I'm just... To. Stealing bottles from babies and stuff. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> when I started judging people like that, I missed the opportunity to see the heavenly perspective that the Father sees of a person. I said, God, why did you give me this message? He said, because I want Reclamation Church to literally end racism right here. By seeing how I see every single person, the image of God does not start when a person says yes to Jesus. The image of God for every person starts the moment they start breathing. For God so loved the world, I feel the Holy Ghost. Because while we as the church been waiting for people. To get right and get get nice and get tweaked and get twerked and all that stuff. No, he's like, that'll never happen without me. Perfection does not come outside of God. And perfection doesn't come from sons and daughters. Perfection comes through sons and daughters who are submitted to a father who is perfect. We're reframing our mind today because this city will respond to sons and daughters. Starting with Reclamation Church. I know you want a message that would make you buck and shout, but he wants a message that would transform a city. Holy Spirit, will you poke and prick hearts now? Peter had a bad issue. The very one that Jesus would uh, uh, completely f- uh, build his church on. He had a really, really, really bad issue. And I'm not talking about cutting off ears. He was a gangster. You know he was a gangster, right? Peter was a gangster. But he also denied Jesus three times. Right. And Jesus gets to this point where he comes back and he finds Peter where he left him on the boat. Right. But Peter's bad issue was not that he was denying Jesus, not that he cut off ears. Peter's issue was that he used to do what he used to do before he met Jesus, which was catch fish and the fish that he didn't like. He would throw them away. He says, Peter, I want to deal with something. The reason why you deny me three times is because that's how you look at yourself and that's how you view people. You deny yourself because you don't see the value of yourself. And you deny me because you don't see the value of me yet. He says, I want to deal with this issue of fishing, but then throwing fish away that you don't see value of and keeping fish that you do see the value of. Because if, if you'll throw fish away, then later on in life, when I tell you to advance my kingdom, you'll throw people away. And for too long, we've been throwing people away. That God still deems fixer Just get my word: fixer-uppable. That if God could get Chip and Joanna in the spirit on, can you imagine? I prophesy Chip and Joanna to be pastors. I just do. Every time I look at them, I always, I always want to call them Pastor Chip. I always want to call her Pastor Joanne. So, receive it. I'm so serious. I'm so, I'm so serious. Nothing happens in the, in the natural that's not manifested in the spirit. Can we, can we get back to the receipts? It's already been laid out. Can we revisit the receipts that have already been printed and start viewing people through these final transactions? Just pick a receipt. Any, any receipt. Just pick one, and you'll see that for every person you deal with, including yourself, as a receipt for your life. Just pick one. Have you lost your receipts? I know where you can find them again you gotta go all over your house and if you don't have a you don't have a paper bag you know you got your, your iPhone we don't believe in Androids <laughs> send to your feet all over the building if you will I'm just messing there's a place at the altar for Android members <laughs> Peter you don't get to throw away the people that I purchased right because the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus was God's ability to reframe you and I and when Jesus died God got the receipt for every person's life who would say yes to him I've never felt more compassion for people than this whole time of racial tension so weird like when i tell you i love white black people hispanic people indian like i love y'all i've never loved people like i love people now and i'm just being honest you know what i start doing i say, god deal with me in any level of racism in my own heart not towards white people towards black people because i want to start with me first day by day he started revealing the things that I needed to reframe and the places that he wanted to love me and the places that he wanted to father me so I, w- I would ask if you'll give yourself permission to let the father reframe the areas of your life because I'm telling you let me just say this five months from, yeah you got, you got you got five months Yeah, literally you got five months how many, how many services were you at before? you were at one? You're ready for three services you have five months five months write this down god will use this church as a pillar of what heaven looks like and what restoration looks and feels like in a city that needs jesus which means if he's doing it here you know it's not this. It's you. So oops, I set you up. You're it. Because <laughs> there's, no val- there's no greater value in the eyes of God than the people that he made. I said, God, will you give me love for the LGBT community? Am I lying? I was I was I was in a I was in a um, a driveway the other day. I was getting Starbucks. Whew, I was getting my triple tall soy upside down caramel macchiato, whipped cream, one raw sugar, soy milk. And we were doing a shoot for our school of worship, and one of the gentlemen who were in the uh, in the in the drive-through, he was a homosexual. And I struggled in that moment to focus on him. And I said to my guy who was in, in fact, it was Corey. I I literally right there, just, just like, Father, will you forgive me? I don't like what I feel. I don't like what I just felt towards my brother when you get rid of that seed of hate and that seed of prejudice in my own heart towards a person who has not yet received their adoption papers and I instantly felt the release of a burden that I should have never been carrying right and I feel that all over America, and I feel that all over the church right now. God is increasing. God is giving you greater doses of compassion for people that you didn't think you knew or you loved. Because the greatest thing you could do for God is not heal a person, open another blinded eye, see another person walk, but is love a person the way God loves a person. Love God. Love people. I promise you, I wanted to come in here and flip wigs. I wanted to make y'all jump, shout, scream. I wanted him to play the B3 Hammond organ. And we was going to run around like we have no last day, but this was the last day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice. Like that whole thing. And he says, no, stick to the word I gave you. And I love y'all enough to tell you, uh, hopefully I'll come back and maybe we'll, we'll do another message. All the kids will be running around. Uh, but I think I think it just shows how much he loves us that on a day like today he would give us a word that maybe, maybe it's the answer for our community. Yeah? So let's just do this. Father, we really appreciate you being intimate and desiring a personal relationship with us. In this holy moment, would you search our hearts, Holy Spirit? Would you give us the capacity of this word to receive the full level of compassion? We receive the gift of compassion in this moment. Would you give us a language of sons and daughters, not a language of casual Christians? To respond to your word and respond to people. Would you teach us how to review the receipts of your word that will give us permission, grace, and mercy to reframe how we view people, your people. We love you. We honor you. And I'm grateful to be here with family. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, And I want to do this, I want to ask all the fathers in this room if you'll just take a step of faith and just lift up your hand this is what he told me he says everything everything that he does concerning order always starts with the father there's three things that God gave a man from the beginning look at the life of Adam he gave gave Adam three things the first thing he gave Adam was what? a relationship with his father garden literally means open access. It means intimacy. Anytime, any place, anywhere. First thing he gave a man was access to his father. The second thing he gave a man was purpose. He looked at Adam and he says, I want you to rule and I want you to reign. Name it. Anything you name it is what it'll be. The third thing he gave a a man was what? A woman. A woman but in that order watch this it has to be in that order because if a man who maybe has a relationship with God skips his purpose and goes find and goes to find a woman which a woman means fully equipped helper right fully equipped to help if he skips his purpose then what does she have to help That's why you have a lot of ladies who are frustrated because there's a lot of men who don't know their purpose yet. And so women pour themselves out in church until the man finds purpose. But the reason I'm talking about this is because on Father's Day, wouldn't it be just like God to redeem the order of what he gave in that order and in a moment of controversy, racism, and injustice use the men of this city to restore the order of it. I just believe he wants to do it to start it was starting with this church father would you start with us as men as fathers would you give us a heart to start with the order in our homes would you give us the heart to start with the order on our jobs That wherever we go, whatever we speak, that there would be a literal or literal manifestation in this city to start responding to the authority and the weight you've given us as sons. We stand in our rightful position and we say, as sons of God, as fathers to our children, as priests of our homes, we take our position, we take our place. Not just in heavenly places, but the place you've given us and the authority you've called us to rule and reign right here on earth. Let Spring Lake North Carolina be changed through our priestly anointings. If you believe that, will you take those same hands that you raised and clap those hands unto God? Come on. Hey, I love you, Pastor. I'm handing back over to you. Thank you all so much for having me today.
0: Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this week's message from Reclamation Church. We pray it was a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to take this message everywhere everywhere with you and pour into those around you. And if you would love to be a blessing to the Reclamation Church ministry, you can easily give at our website at reclamationchurch.faith. Scroll down to the bottom and click on online giving, or you can even text to give any dollar amount to 84321 and set up a giving account with Reclamation Church. Again, we pray that this was a blessing. Be a blessing to those around you this week and may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you with the light of his countenance and and give you peace this week. Amen, be blessed.